Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Genuine Christ followers have a powerful resource for real growth in their spiritual life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, these very familiar verses say this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You see, God's Word has been given to us, every bit of it, all of it, breathed literally out of the mouth of God into the hearts of the human authors who wrote it down faithfully. God's Word, every bit of it, is good, is adequate for our spiritual life and everything that we need to grow and honor the Almighty God. And you know what? It is backed up by its author, the Holy Spirit. You see, God has given us as believers the Holy Spirit. He lives in us, in our lives. And He can illuminate our minds and help us to understand the Scriptures and give us the strength to obey and apply the Scriptures in our lives. And so, uh, I am so thankful for, for the Word of God. Now, this series that we have been in for the past uh, several podcasts, I have called Bible Blitz, and it is designed so that it can encourage anyone who realizes a need to rediscover and re-engage in the Bible. I have uh, spent some time looking at six books in the New Testament, and today we're on the sixth book in, in the Old Testament. So today is the twelfth and final of the totality of books in the Bible that we've been looking at, that we've been overviewing. And the book that we look at today is the Old Testament book of Jonah. Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. And as I said on the previous podcast, uh, the major prophets versus the minor prophets is not about one is more important than the other. You know, one has major significance, the other has minor significance. That is not what it's about. But rather, it's based on the amount of content in, in those books. And so the five major prophets in the Old Testament are uh, filled with much more content. That would be Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And now the last 12 books in the Old Testament, uh, the minor prophets, are are those uh, prophets that God used at various times in the history of Israel and Judah. And Jonah is, is one of those minor prophets. Jonah was most likely written by the prophet Jonah himself. Now, even though it is in the third person, uh, and you, as you read it, you'll see it, uh, that t- tended to be uh, a habit of, of the prophets when they wrote many times. They would write about themselves in the third person as if someone else was, was, was writing it. Let's talk about Jonah for just a moment. Jonah was a prophet uh, 
called by God to the ten tribes of Israel. And and uh, when I say ten tribes, those of you that know, actually Israel had twelve tribes, but we're talking about northern Israel now versus southern Israel, which was called Judah. By, by this time in Israel's history, it had divided into those two kingdoms. Again, northern Israel, the ten tribes, southern Israel, Judah, the two tribes. And so uh, Jonah was called to be a prophet to, to the ten tribes of Israel, to northern Israel. Jonah prophesied during the long and peaceful reign of Jeroboam the second, and that would have been uh, for you history people, it would have been in 794 to 753 BC. So that gives you kind of a time period here. Israel was uh, was again in that kind of peaceful and prosperous time period, but uh, from what I read, they were becoming very lethargic and, and uh, spiritually were becoming cold and actually turning away from the Lord. And so God always raised up prophets to to call his people back to himself and to warn them of impending judgment. Uh, Jonah followed the time of Elisha. Now you will remember that Elisha was the successor to Elijah, the great prophet. And so uh, Elijah, then Elisha, and then God brought along Jonah. Jonah was a contemporary of the of the prophet Amos, and Amos is another one of these twelve minor prophets in the Old Testament. There is an unverified Jewish tradition, and I, I want to emphasize unverified Jewish tradition that Jonah was actually the son of the widow of Zarephath, whom Elijah raised from the dead. Now that could could be uh, again it's a jewish tradition not verified it could be but it, it's it's not important as to whether it was or not now although jonah was a prophet to israel he is most remembered for his running from an ultimate ministry to nineveh um, and and we're going to talk about that uh, nineveh was the capital of Assyria, Assyria, not Syria, but Assyria. And Assyria was over time Israel's arch enemy, Israel's nemesis. Um, they they uh, were a, a Gentile country and they um, <laughs> they gave Israel a hard time uh, throughout their, their history. So there was no love lost between the two. And you need to know that uh, to to understand better this uh, short four-chapter book of Jonah and the story. Now, uh, most people are very, very familiar with, uh, that have been around the church at all, uh, and, and the, the Word of God at all. They're very familiar with the story of Jonah and the great fish, and the fact that he was uh, swallowed by the great fish. But there's, there's so much more surrounding this whole uh, story. By the way, uh, some would approach Jonah as if it were some kind of a parable, not actually a, an historical event. But I want to say very clearly here today that I believe with all of my heart that uh, this story was an actual historical event. And one of the primary reasons that I would say that is Jesus himself in the New Testament referred back to Jonah as if it were a true and real and historical event. He did not treat it as a parable. But he treated it as an, an historical event. Let's talk about uh, 
the the book of uh, Jonah for a moment and and get a few other points out of it. Uh, so we said that um, even though he was called, Jonah was called to to minister to to Israel and and those ten tribes there in northern Israel. He is best known for what happened in Nineveh. Nineveh was in itself a very large city, maybe the largest city of its day. Uh, the Word of God says here in Jonah that it was a three-day walk around it. So the circumference uh, took three days to walk around. It was 60 miles around, 60 miles around. Now, I kind of related that to uh, the city that I spent so many years in, a city that I love to this very day. My heart is there. A big piece of my heart is there, and it's the city of Baltimore, Maryland. And there is a Beltway 695 that runs around Baltimore, and uh, inside the Beltway primarily is uh, the metropolitan area of Baltimore is, is actually the actual city located inside the Beltway. And that Beltway around Baltimore is um, very close to 60 miles. It's, it's over 50 miles around uh, that, that. So that gives sort of a, an idea. And in chapter 4 of Jonah, verse 11, the very last verse in, in Jonah, the Word of God says that there were 120,000 uh, persons who do not know the difference between their right hand and left hand. Now, that was just simply a way of saying there were 120,000 children, young children that yet could not distinguish between the left hand and the right hand, 120,000 children. And so that would tell us that there were somewhere around 600,000 people that populated the city of Nineveh. It was a large city, without a doubt, a city that would be comparable to the city of Baltimore, Maryland. And this city had uh, recently experienced two plagues in in the uh, in seven sixty five BC and seven fifty nine BC. They had experienced two plagues that had hit them. In seven sixty three BC, they had experienced a solar eclipse, uh, and and this is something that you learn from history. And so they were ripe. They were ripe. They a solar eclipse in those days among people would have been uh, brought great superstition, and then the plagues. Uh, uh, the the health issues and so they they were soft and and ready for for a message and so God called Jonah God called Jonah to go down and preach to the city of Nineveh and and you you know the story Jonah ran the opposite way he didn't want to he didn't want to go there um, and and so uh, on the ship uh, there you see God's sovereign hand at work. Uh, the Word of God says in, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 4, that the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. God was sovereignly working in Jonah's life. He thought he was getting away from God. He was fleeing from the presence of God, going down to Tarshish, going the opposite way of, of Nineveh. But God sovereignly worked. And, and even when they cast lots on the ship, the, uh, the sailors uh, cast lots to see who it was, and it fell on Jonah. God was sovereignly controlling all of that. And then when they, uh, Jonah said, the way to get this over with and to, to calm the sea is to throw me overboard. And when they did, God prepared a great fish. You see, God can do all these things. It was a miracle, yes. And it's a miracle that he lived inside that fish under the water for three days and three nights. It's a miracle. It, it went against uh, uh, normal 
um, the normal laws of nature. But you see, God's sovereign work is evident. And God's grace to the nations beyond Israel is evident because God had a plan to send Jonah down to preach to this Gentile city so that they could hear the good news and repent. And that's exactly what happened. And it's interesting to see that Jonah's reluctance to go there was based on his knowledge of God's grace because when you read chapter 4, Verses 1 and 2, it says, But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He was angry because they had repented. The city of Nineveh that he preached to had repented. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. I, that's why I went away, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. In other words, Jonah's saying, I knew they were going to repent. I knew you were going to forgive them. I knew that, and I didn't like that because they're our enemy. That's Assyria. They're Gentiles. I didn't want to do it. That's why I was running away. I didn't want to, to see that happen. But you see... Uh, God blessed and their genuine sorrow for sin led to their repentance and God's forgiveness. What a great story. Well, there's so much more to this story, but my time is out. So I want to just encourage you to go back through, go all the way back to episode 115 and go through these six different episodes here in this Bible Blitz and allow it to, again, whet your appetite for the Word of God, rediscover the Word of God. Now's a good time to re-engage with the Bible and uh, let it change your life. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.